and that's the thing I, I want the world to understand that when you're a business owner, this is some of the things that go with it. We're not just raking in the dough because we work for ourselves. Au contraire, it, it is the opposite of that. And there is a way through it, but it's not for everyone. It's really for people with the grit and really, really a passion for what they're doing. The following is brought to you by Thrive, the end-to-end -end client experience platform that helps you get the job, manage the job, and get credit. Hey, hey, this is Gordon Henry at Winning on Main Street, and this week you get to meet the awesome Susan Frew. Susan is the co-owner and president of Sunshine Plumbing, Heating, and Air in Denver, Colorado. She's also a professional speaker focused on helping business owners to overcome adversity and achieve success. She has coached hundreds of companies and she speaks to small business audiences worldwide. She's also the author of multiple books, including The Pufferfish Effect, How to Look Bigger Than You Are and Secrets to Less Stress and More Success. Welcome, Susan. Hi, Gordon. Thank you for having me. Wow, it's quite a bio you got. So let's just start with what you're up to now and kind of how you got there, because it's a pretty amazing story, how many things you've accomplished. So the business you run, Sunshine Plumbing, how did you get into the plumbing business or heating and air business? And how did you grow it to where it is today? Well, backing up just a, a little bit before that, I was an international GM with AT&T Wireless. And when I mm -hmm. came back from my international assignment, I bought a business coaching firm and I had been, in the country of Grenada, which is actually in the Caribbean. I was there for two years. And when I came back, I moved from Denver up to the mountains. And I'm originally from the New York, New Jersey area. So I loved Colorado. I, I didn't have any restrictions on geography. So I came back to Colorado and I started this business coaching franchise that I bought and started coaching businesses. And through that, I ended up meeting my husband, who was a plumber and HVAC technician. And so I was around speaking at different events and what have you, and that's how I met him. And he used to come to every single event. And I'm like, there's that guy again. And turns out five years later, we were married, but we started Sunshine Plumbing, Heating, Air down in Denver. So the recession was creeping up on us at that time. And we decided that service business for us was the best way to go. We sort of felt it was recession proof, no matter what is going on with the economy, people still need air conditioning, they still need heat, they still need clean water. So that's how it began. And uh, we grew lightning fast. We went from zero to $3 million pretty much overnight, made the Inc. 5000 list. And that's the first part of the story. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty incredible story. Now, did either of you have experience in plumbing, heating, and air? Well, my husband did uh, mm -hmm. from a technician perspective. But oddly, I had ended up coaching all of these trade companies. So when I counted them, uh, I count them all the time. Like how many are there? I've coached 18 different trades. Wow. So, so I sort of knew uh, what the key to success was, if you will, looking, working with all those other companies. 
Well, as long as you've talked about the key to success, I'm sure most people would like to know what that is. What, what is the key to success? Well, I think what for me, what it was and, and what I see in the market and amongst all these other companies is really creating that differentiation factor. And, and that's so hard, right? We're all doing the same thing. And we all say we're licensed, we're insured, we're great, we're on time, all of those things. But we did over the top uh, customer service. And for the first year, we made absolutely zero money. I was still coaching. So I say I'm um, sunshine sugar mama because I was paying all the bills. They were running out of my office. But we would send a thank you card and brownies to every single client, new client, and not Colorado brownies, just regular straight up brownies <laughs> that were delicious. And uh, so we did that. We sent gift baskets for people who made a larger purchase. We would uh, send a get well card if we thought someone was sick. We did all of these outrageous things. We also would put people up in a hotel if we couldn't get their heater hot water working that day. We would bring dog biscuits for their dogs. So you name it, we really established a unique presence out there by doing these things. And that's how we grew our company. So you've hit on a topic that has come up in a number of our recent podcasts with other guests, which is how contractors and small business people who provide services in particular need to think about the client experience and not just the service they provide. Yeah. Small business people tend to think, oh, it's just, you know, I need to paint the wall right or install the lighting right. What you're saying is you did a lot of things that were sort of the wrapper around the service. Is that kind of... Absolutely. We did way out of the box. And even if we mess up, we'll send thank you. We'll send we're sorry flowers. Mm -hmm. And because we're named Sunshine, we have a lot of fun things that we can do with that. We do a drawing every March for someone to win a trip for two to Mexico. Mm -hmm. We uh, incentivize our technicians for getting reviews. They can win prizes. They can win trips. So we do everything we possibly can to go over the top on the customer service because yeah. doing the job right is really important. I mean, that's paramount. Yeah. However, they're going to remember you for doing these other things. Yeah, totally. So you started that comment by saying that you've coached 18 different trades and lots of businesses on this key to success that you've just, yes. just described. Are most businesses that you coach then able to take that idea and execute it? I help people to create their own unique way of doing that, right? So whatever that looks like, uh, one of the things that we've, we have done too is we highlight our employees and we do employee of the month. I always try to get people to do that. So it's great for the employee, it connects them to the client. Another thing that I try to get them to do that we've always done too is video. So reaching out to our clients, in fact, we just did a video that's going out tomorrow morning and it's going to talk about the workforce shortage that we're experiencing mm. and why we can't get to you in a timely manner. We have a $10,000 sign-on bonus right now and are getting zero applications. So it's something that we definitely are focused on and we wanna let our clients know what's going on. And we have always done that. Another thing that we've done, and I really encourage all of my clients to do this as well, is to get involved in your community. You know, we're involved in the Chamber of Commerce. We're involved in Better Business Bureau. We've won the Better Business Torch Award. Um, I also encourage people to win awards, apply for stuff, 
right? Mm -hmm. Like winning the Inc. 5000 list. I mean, I applied. Yes, we had great growth, but so did a lot of other people that I, I knew and they just hadn't applied. So that's the key. Getting that recognition out there builds tremendous public relations and it's free most of the time. Yeah, that's fantastic. You mentioned in there a, a topic that I was going to ask you about later, but while you have hit on it now, this issue that so many of these small business owners and particularly service businesses seem to face right now, which is I have more work than I can handle and I can't find any workers. I mean, that's a hard problem to solve. I mean, it's, a, yep. I guess, a good problem to have, but it's a problem. What do you tell them to do? Well, we do a sign on bonus, as I mentioned, that sounds mm -hmm. like a very large number, but this is mm -hmm. how we break it down. We break that $10,000 bonus into quarters. So after your 90 day review, if you meet all of your key performance indicators and we're going to continue on with your probationary period of employment, then you get the first 2,500. Then you get it at six months, nine months and a year. So okay. it gives us the continuity to yeah. be able to uh, spread that out over the course of a year and get, pay them quarterly. So if they're doing a great job, it makes sense to pay them. Mm. Um, but if, you know, if it's not working out for both of us or one of us, then we're able to just, you know, part ways at that time. And yet you haven't been able to attract very many people with it in the market you're serving. The market we're serving has been like a desert out there. Um, my husband is now going to work at the trade school part-time. So I'm excited that he might run across some interesting folks while he's there. Uh, we also did something else last year. We bought another company. So that other company, not only do, did it come with a lot of existing clients, but it also came with a truck and two technicians. So, yeah. and that owner of that company left for a little while, he went out of state, now he's back and working for us. So uh, that was very, very helpful. And that is something that I would suggest to businesses to do. Maybe you partner up with someone else and maybe someone's doing HVAC or doing plumbing or they're doing electrical or what have you, and you can create a, a tighter team that way. Yeah. You mentioned the trade school that your uh, husband, I think you said is now teaching yeah. at or engaged Yes, with. he's going so, to be one of the instructors. Yeah. So is that a good source of employees? Should people be looking to trade schools as a great way to hire? Uh, absolutely. What you will find, though, there are quite a few students in there that are already sponsored hmm. by another employer. So you need to be careful about that. But it's absolutely a great way, especially if you have a larger shop or you have the budget to be able to have someone ride on your truck with you for until they're trained and up and ready. But you can have them starting out simple, doing maintenance, doing uh, simple calls, you know, teach them how to do three things. And when those calls come in, you can send them out based on your licensing in your state, of course, because not all states allow apprentices to be on a job site unaccompanied by a, a master. Right. So you, you were talking about your coaching, how you've coached uh, all these companies in different trades. And it sounds like a lot of them have done really well after getting your, your input. When you've been able to do this in so many different trades, I was wondering, is it the same problems you see, whether it's a plumbing business, air conditioning business, I assume roofing or electrical or whatever the other service trades are, it's the same problems you're facing and it's the same solutions? Yes and no. A lot of the same problems that I see is people not pricing their product right, hmm. especially right now, because the price increases are 
out of control. It's like every single week, we can't get this. So we're charging you more uh, supply and demand. And it's just constant in, in all of the trades are experiencing this. All the industries in the United States everywhere is experiencing this problem. But I even caught it with our own company that we were not, we were starting to lose money after first quarter with all these price increases. So we need to really be clear on how you're doing your pricing and checking with your vendors to make sure that the price you're offering is correct and or put a clause in there like this this estimate is good for two weeks or a month or whatever that looks like. Don't let someone call you back in six months and give them the same deal because hmm. you're going to get burned. Hmm. Yeah. So just switching gears a bit, you, you're now into public speaking as well as the coaching and as well as still continue to manage the uh, Sunshine business. How did you decide to go into public speaking writing after running a successful HVAC business? Well, I had always been speaking. So I started speaking. I was in New York City um, in the early 90s with AT&T Wireless, and I was on their speaker bureau. And I also worked at a domestic violence shelter as a volunteer, and I was on their speakers bureau. So AT&T sort of kept me in that role for many, many years, doing a lot of speeches, radio interviews, TV. Uh, when we were in the Caribbean, I was the general manager of two countries. I was in the media quite a bit. And it was something that I really enjoyed. I love connecting with audiences. I love uh, the interaction. I'm not, stages don't scare me. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's gotta be number one. So I just kept doing that. And, you know, I diverted to run Sunshine Plumbing Heating Air for a while. But my real passion is speaking and coaching and helping other business owners, especially now, because so many businesses are struggling in a lot of different ways. Yeah. How, how do the businesses find you? Do most of them hear you speak or read a book and then contact you? Is that is that sort of your PR in a way? Social media. Uh huh. Uh, podcasts, mm -hmm. speaking engagements. Mm -hmm. um, that's usually how people reach out to me and by referral too, because if I'm successful with one client, they're going to refer me to others. So if I do a good job with their audience and that's how I end up really speaking to a lot of the trade aud audiences because they'll hear my message, which I believe transcends into whatever business to really be delivering outstanding service. I mentioned to you that our podcast is sponsored by Thrive, which is a CRM product for small businesses that help small businesses build a client database and then communicate with their clients and you know, send out reminders and notifications and estimates and invoices and get paid, all the things they need to do to stay in touch with, with customers. Do you talk about the technology side of the service business? Is that something you spend time thinking about? Do you recommend things? How important is it to you? I do recommend things. And I think Thrive is an awesome product for small business. Um, another thing that I do with my coaching is I help people to buy and sell their companies. Mm. So I will tell you wholeheartedly that you having a good database with customer data and all of the information in there is going to dramatically increase the value of your company for a buyer someday. So if you're thinking about retiring, even if it's five or 10 years from now, start capturing the data now. Uh, Sunshine has 30,000 people in our database. Uh, the company that we bought had 10,000. So we were just able to add all of those email addresses into our bucket. So 
folks, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, what do I need all that for? Well, here's the thing. Marketing's expensive, right? It's a lot cheaper to sell more things to your existing clients than it is to spread yourself out thin and keep acquiring new clients all the time. It, it gets too pricey. And then, you know, your profit's going to be eroded. So those customers are gold. So having a product like you're talking about, Gordon, and being able to integrate with your, uh, with your whole CRM, your pricing, your invoicing, uh, everything that you need to run your business in one spot is just going to blow the doors off your profit. Yeah, that, that, that's really well said. And, you know, one thing along these lines that I heard from another small business owner who was, it was a Thrive customer. He was a guy very focused on selling the business eventually, same thing you're mm -hmm. talking about. And he said, not only is it really important for a buyer that they want to come in and see the database, but they want to see the whole client history so they can basically step into your shoes. Because what they don't want, frankly, is you. They, they generally, the buyer generally doesn't want the existing business owner. They don't expect them to stick around. They, they expect them to go off into the sunset and they want to walk into your shoes. And if everything is in a database, it's been well managed, they can see all the communication you've had, all that history makes it really easy for them to evaluate and value the business, give you a check and let you go. Absolutely right. And I see that all the time because I work with Raincatcher, which is a national business brokerage firm. I see this all the time and I'm sort of their on-site trades expert. Hmm. But it, I will tell you, I say that to people when people are looking to buy your business, they want to visualize themselves in your chair. Like you just said, they, hmm. you know, and you might not want to be there. You're hmm. going to be sitting there while someone else takes over your company and changes all the rules and changes the paint in your office and, you know, it's now have a different relationship with your employees. It's a very uncomfortable situation, which probably you can tolerate for a short amount of time, but you probably don't want to be there for the long term. Yeah, exactly. We're going to be right back with more from Susan. I want to talk to you more on this hiring issue, since I know it's so important to yeah. other small businesses. We're going to hit on that when we come back in just one minute. Looking for help to launch your business? Check out launchpadamerica.com. What's launchpadamerica.com? It's the site for all your startup needs. Leading providers of business solutions for America's small businesses have teamed up to create launchpadamerica.com. It's a unique site where you can find the resources and mentorship to start and grow your business. At launchpadamerica.com, you'll find a startup guide with free educational materials showing you how to launch your business. You'll also find a starter kit with offers for essential business tools to run and grow your company. Behind launchpadamerica.com are great organizations. Thrive, MasterCard, Intuit, GoSmallBiz.com, Lendio, ADP, Umail, and America's Small Business Development Center. These innovative leaders are proud to support today's small businesses and entrepreneurs. Visit launchpadamerica.com to get your small business blasting off in the right direction. We're back with Susan Frew, who has a terrific story of running a small business and coaching other businesses and speaking and writing, really a dynamo. So Susan, you know, we were talking about people and hiring and how hard that is for many small businesses, especially today, to hire effectively. You, you have a sad but interesting personal story 
about making some bad hires. I noticed in your bio, you said you hired one person who got you into a million dollars of debt. And it sounds like they were kind of a bad actor. Tell us what happened and, and you know, how do you avoid situations like that too? Well, first I need to say, um, for the people listening, like, man, she must be a complete idiot to let that happen. <laughs> but I want to share with you how easy it is because I, having coached all these companies, I know my numbers. I know where to find my numbers. I can see everything when I'm traveling. I was traveling around the country doing a lot of speaking and I had this employee who kept taking on more and more and more and more. And originally it sounded like a great hire. I'm like, oh my gosh, she just wants to be everything. She wants to be general manager. She's taking on all this stuff for me. And I just kept throwing stuff at her, right? So I could see the bank balance. I could see the financials. I could see everything on the road. So I figured all is good. Well, what was happening is she asked me, kept asking me for a raise. And I'm like, you know what? I really don't have it in the budget. You're kind of at the top of where you, you are. And uh, I can't do that. But what I can do is I will pay you a bonus if you can stay on budget. Okay. Well, her idea of staying on budget was to short bills. So for example, if we owed a bill of $5,000, she'd pay four. If we owed 4,000, she'd pay three, so on and so forth, including doing this with our payroll taxes. So about a year and a half later, I get a knock on my door on a Saturday and I have a certified letter that I owe $468,000 in past taxes. Then I discover that I have a $209,000 fine for not supervising my employees. And I know I owe many of our vendors to a total of $175,000. Hmm. Total in all about a million bucks. Okay, well, how the heck did that happen? One thing that could have stopped all that is if I got my own mail. Because, you know, she was getting notices and she was tossing them. She also, how she got caught on the taxes was she would give me the 941. I would see what she wrote down on the form. I would see what she had paid and I would sign it. But she didn't realize that at the end of the year, when they true up the W-2s, that the IRS caught onto it. That's why it was 18 months later. So that employee you know, theft-wise also had some things that she was charged with several felonies. However, and, and convicted of, of several felonies, and I am getting restitution, which is nowhere near the amount. But I, I will tell you, in the last year and a half, we have paid back over $600,000 of it. So it was a lot of hard work. It was making a lot of sacrifices. It was uh, doing things that we thought we were past doing, and, and there we were again. But it, it, was a, it was a good opportunity for a lot of different things. One learn my lesson. I know how to supervise my company now if I'm not here. Uh, secondly, you know, I was able to save up that money and pay it back. We also got real on our expenses. We downsized so many different ways, which is a better place for us. We're more profitable. So when we go to sell in five years, when we're ready to retire, then we're going to be in a much better position than we were. But the most important thing, Gordon, is this, is that I have the ability now to help other business owners walk through this. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, 
people who are in debt, people who are having problems, people with employees, like I can turn it around in small business. And that's what lights me up. That's what gets me up in the morning that I can help people to get free of that horrible encumbrance because you can't sleep. Uh, you're, you're not going to have any fun. Uh, your family doesn't know what to do with you. Like you're just a wreck. And I don't want anyone else to ever feel like that. Yeah. Wow, that's quite a story. You mentioned pricing along the way here and the importance of getting it right and how, I guess, many small businesses, contractors, trades businesses um, don't get it right. Can you expand on that a little bit? What are the problems people experience with pricing? And what do you recommend? Well, I think that people set their price book. Many people will set their price book and up it every January, right? And they'll just do a flat number. Oh, we're going to go up 5% this year. We're going to go up you know, a few dollars, whatever it is, or change our labor rate or whatever that looks like. But I don't think they're getting appropriate quotes on the materials now. And that's the problem. Mm -hmm. It's not your labor rate or your expenses or your overhead, which of course goes up organically, but it is the prices on the parts. So I am really encouraging people to make sure they're getting three competitive bids, that they're not just using one vendor, that they're shopping around, that they know the exact price of those materials. And if it's a material that is increasing steadily, you need to call and check, right? It'll just take you a second. Or if you have a download from your vendor, that's even the best way. If your vendors can give you updated pricing on a monthly basis, it will protect you further. Mm -hmm. uh, we just have a few minutes left. I want to ask you a couple more personal questions uh, as we close uh -oh. this down. Well, this one's not super personal, but I noticed along with the many things you do that you also do or have done TEDx speeches. And I was wondering when you speak to these more general audiences in a TEDx setting, are you speaking about contractors and trades? What kinds of things do you tell people and what do you talk about? Well, in the last TED Talk that I did, I was talking about women in the trades mm. and the lack thereof. Mm. And our best plumber right now is a woman, mm -hmm. but they're only 2% of all plumbers in the United States are women. Some mm. of them are my favorite people in the whole world though. Uh, however, I love some of the female plumbers that I have, but there's not that many of them. Yeah. But what I am talking about now, and this is more for a generalized audiences, is what I described to you, what I was going through during that time when we had all of this debt, I call that entrepreneurial aftershock. It, it's like a PTSD. I'm not a psychologist. So, you know, I just made this up because I can't find any other way to articulate it. But it was a trauma of this event, the betrayal from this employee, the money, uh, our reputation in the community. We were losing employees. We were trying to pay for materials and credit cards were bouncing. You know, I, I really don't think I slept properly for 18 months. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I, I want the world to understand that when you're a business owner, this is some of the things that go with it. We're not just raking in the dough because we work for ourselves, au contraire. It, it is the opposite of that. And there is a way through it, but it's not for everyone. And um, it, it's really for people with the grit and really, really a passion for what they're doing. Well, Susan, this has been great. I'm curious, uh, as busy as you are with all those, all those things, the speaking, the writing, the contracting, and all the rest, uh, 
you have any time for fun and what do you do when you have fun? I do. I mean, I love to travel, uh, which uh -huh. I do for work. So that's fun, but I love okay. to travel outside of the U S and mm -hmm. we just like many people bought a camper last year <laughs> and I had had a camper many years ago, but now we have one again and it is so much fun. We try to go as much as we can and I can work remote now that I have all my systems in place. So we just go find a place that has some Wi-Fi or a good cell signal and, and we're there. So do yeah. a little ATVing and camping. And, you know, I live in Colorado, so there's many, many places to go. Yeah, that's awesome. So for our listeners who may be interested in getting in touch with you to find out more about your coaching or other services, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? The best way to reach me is Susan at raincatcher.com. That okay. is the best way, or you can follow me on LinkedIn. Okay. That's great. Well, thank you so much for coming by. This has been great and continued good luck and everything you're doing. Thank you, Gordon. It's been my pleasure. And if you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe and tell a friend or colleague to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. And until next time, make it a great week.